0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about and looking into data grids, and specifically how AG Grid provides a pretty awesome solution for working with data grids in our Angular applications. So let's dive into it. We'll say hi to our panelists. Uh, Bonnie, how's it going?
1: It's going great. How are you?
0: Doing great. Doing great. Another I'm not going to
1: I'm not going to spoil the guest this time like I normally do, but I just have to say I'm excited about the show today. I'm excited every week because I really love this show and I look forward to it every week.
0: All right, well, let's say hi to our, our guest. Uh, joining us today, we've got Niall Crosby. Niall, how's it going?
2: Hello, Angular Air. My name is Niall. Nice to meet you all.
0: And Sean Landsman. Sean, how's it going?
2: Yep, yeah, perfect. Nice to meet everyone.
0: Awesome, awesome. Do well, you want to uh, tell our viewers a little bit about yourself? What you got going on, that sort of thing, introduce yourself?
2: Um, sure, <laughs> I guess a few more words and, um how we're doing. Uh, so my name's Niall, I'm the, I'm the guy who started AG Grid. Um, so maybe in a nutshell, about five years ago, I started AG Grid as a pet project. And um, it was uh, released as open source, gained a lot of traction. And now it's, um, it's doing really, really well. It's a company that's based out of London. Um, that's kind of my intro. Um, maybe Sean, do you want to give an intro to yourself?
3: Yeah, um, I've been uh, worked I've worked with Nile on and off for about seven years now, um, and most of my experience has been um, doing enterprise software for financial institutions. Um, and now uh, for the last three or so years, i uh, have been working with AG Grid, doing the uh, framework stuff, concentrating on framework support. Hey, Sean,
1: uh, I just saw you last month in Copenhagen at NG Vikings, and I remember uh that you were taking pictures with the Vikings. Do you have
3: them? Can we see them? I, I don't have any. I'd love to show you. Um, I, I can assure you I was bigger than those Vikings. So you don't have yeah. pictures with the Vikings? I do, but I don't have them at your hand. <laughs> I, I can try to uh, dig it up.
1: If, if you get a chance, you need to pull them up and show us later because I remember they were really fun. They
3: were and, man, that's a yeah, great
1: question Now we dressed uh Sean up as a Viking and had him take pictures with the Vikings. It was very cool, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. We really want to see those pictures, Sean.
0: <laughs> very nice. Very nice. All right. So we're talking uh, data grids. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, the concept of what a data grid is for viewers who might not be aware of that. What we're referring to when we're talking about that in terms of uh, displaying data in our applications and specifically our Angular applications. Uh, anybody want to field that and kind of do a brief description of that?
2: Um, yeah, I'm sure. Sure, so um, uh, wh- back when I was working in a day job, I was working in one of the banks in London and the uh, banks like showing a lot of data in their applications. And we were writing a lot of applications and we we're using Angular JS, that Angular one back then. And if you want to show say 10,000 records with 40 columns, uh, well, you can't actually do that in plain HTML because that amount of data would just break your browser. Um, So it's good to create a grid component that will manage that type of data for you. And then grid components will come to other things such as sorting, filtering, moving columns, um, you know, those basic grid type features you'd expect in something like Excel, but you want this inside your application. You you don't want the user to have to export to Excel to get this. So a data grid provides all of these features in a library that you would import into your application so that you don't have to write this um, this is basically low-level UI component, and you shouldn't be reinventing the wheel each time. So That's why there's a lot of data grids like AG Grid that tries to solve that problem of displaying data in a tabular format inside the, the web browser. That actually sounds like I've said that many times before, but that's not true. That's the first time I've put that. We should be recording this. I'd like to hear that again.
0: We, we totally are recording, and that was a great description of it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so you can tell as, as you described all those things, right, of, of just the markup of displaying the, the set of data and then all the filtering, sorry, all those commands and everything, there's a lot, like, if we were to roll our own, right, and say, okay, we're ready to build a data grid in our application, that's a lot of features and functionality that we'd have to um, write code for, right? And so that's one of the things you mentioned is, like, providing a library, things like that, that, that can do that repetitive stuff that, that we're going to reuse that thing. Um, And I know that there's some options out there. You know, when we talk about uh, the component dev kit, CDK from Angular, they provide, I I believe, a data table in that, Um, something like that. So uh, at what level do we kind of think like, okay, we want to roll our own, we want to use something like that, or we want to go kind of next level to something like maybe AG Grid, right?
2: yeah so I think you should never roll your own because it is a it, it's it's like would you write your own framework? Well, you wouldn't you should be expert in your application and not be expert in the low level things. So I think it's almost a given that you should get a grid from somewhere. I think the interesting question is, do you just use one of the the free open source ones, which there's many of, or do you jump onto something with kind of the enterprise level that a g grid is? And that really depends on how complex your requirements are. So if you just want to show some data and maybe have some simple sorting and filtering, then you you could use one of the other data grids out there. Um, But there's one really difficult thing to do with writing a data grid, and that's getting all these features to work together. And and that's something that you um, touched on, Justin. That if you think about it, when you...
1: Can I have a question?
2: What if, so
1: can I use AG Grid, like if I'm just doing development and kind of figuring out what I'm doing, doing proof of concepts, I can use AG Grid for free or I have to buy it?
2: Oh no, you can use it for free. So basically we've got two versions of AG Grid. One of them is completely free, um, open source, MIT licensed. You can use it in production, never have to pay as money, that's absolutely fine. Then we have a second version of AG Grid, which we call AG Grid Enterprise. Now that you can try completely for free as well, but if you want to use it, then you have to buy a license. So we have um, the most popular one is the AG Grid Community. That's our open source one. We have about half a million downloads per month now of the AG Grid Community version. So there's a lot of people using this free version and a big community out there. Um, then about one tenth of the people take it to the next level where they say, okay, these extra features that you've got that we we want, which go above and beyond what the other grid data grids are doing, um, then that's where you have to pay for a license. And then so we can go on the website and see what features there are that you would unlock with the license? Absolutely. You can start using it today. You can download it and start using AG Grid Enterprise. All that will happen is there'll be a little watermark that says this is a trial. That's all. But it's fully fully functional and if you want to learn, test it, kick the wheel, see what it does, I'd recommend you go do that. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: Cool. Okay, so you're talking about the complexity of, of that, right? Managing all the yeah. things
2: yeah, well, maybe if I just go back to what happened with me is that, um, I, I wrote a grid about five years ago and it had some, um, simple features like it had sorting and filtering. And then when I implemented column moving, I had to make sure that worked with sorting and filtering. And then when I added something else, um, like a row pinning or column pinning or, uh, well, floating filters, you had to make sure that, that worked every single thing before it as well. Then when you started adding things like row grouping and pivoting, um, it's just it's, um, kind of exponential matrix. Everything has to work with everything. So the more features you add, the more difficult it gets. And that's where you see a lot of grids. They'll start off well and they'll have, say, five or six core features. But then as you add the more complex features, it begins to kind of break a bit and the complexity isn't managed very well. Um, so I think that's one of the things that we do where we've kind of uh, e- excelled against what the other grids that are out there, that we've managed to get all these enterprise features, all working together, all high quality and working with Angular. And um, we're yeah we're we are yeah we are we have been doing it for five years now and we're 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 getting pretty good at it.
1: I have one more question. I don't want to keep bugging you with questions because I really want you to show us some stuff. But I have a question. What? Because I really noticed the one thing that I noticed about AG Grid is um, it's really fast, right? And I know it, it's pretty easy when you start doing all those moving parts and there's a lot going on with you know custom components and stuff that it's really easy if you don't know exactly what you're doing to make it. And, and even if you do know what you're doing, sometimes when it scales, once you have like 500 rows, it really slows things down. So is that something that you guys struggled with in development to, to make it, not only to make it make it work, but to make it work so fast? Is that something that you guys like, you know, or did you just wake up smart like
2: this now? What's <laughs> I wish, yeah. Um, it, you know, we, we had to work really, really hard on it. It was iterative, um, trying things. Like we wrote the first version of the grid, and it, it worked to a certain level of fastness, but. What the challenge we have is a lot of people are using AG Grid and they're working, say, in banks where they can't use Chrome. They're using IE, and on top of that, maybe on virtual machines or or logging in remotely. So not only do we have to make it work really fast in Chrome, we have to make it work really fast in IE 10 on a really slow machine uh, with with a a remote connection. With one behind your back. Exactly. <laughs> so we we have that challenge and the grid does work really fast in, in that scenario, which means then when you go on to your Chrome and your recent desktops, then it, it, it just works really, really spanking fast. But it was just constant iterative um, cycles of trying to make it faster and faster and faster. And there's a whole session of like a, an hour's conversation to explain all the different techniques that will be implemented into the DOM and, and learning ourselves how the DOM worked, what, what was the best techniques for updates, et cetera. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a huge challenge, an absolute huge challenge to get it to work this fast.
1: My hat is off to you, sir. It's amazing. It's it's really nice. It's beautiful. It's fast. Can we see it?
0: I want to touch really quick on that uh, requirement part that you mentioned in there. Um, when we talk about like banks or or other companies like that that are running older versions of IE or that sort of thing, right? Um, I think that's a lot of cases that we find when we start utilizing data grids are in those scenarios, right? And so if we as developers are are tasked with building that data grid, there's there's probably a a decent chance that we're working on an application that may also be supporting in these older browsers or that sort of thing. Um, And that becomes a a super hard challenge they kind of alluded to, to build a data grid that supports those scenarios and and those browser and those user agent Mm -hmm. uh, scenarios. So something like AG Grid off the shelf that is handled focusing on that, then we don't have to worry about that as developers, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I realized maybe some people don't know what AG grid or what a data grid actually is. So will I maybe do a quick um, demo and show people what a grid looks like?
0: Yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do it. Okay,
2: right. Let me share my screen. Let me work out how to share my screen. Oh, top left. Okay, can you see my screen? Brilliant. Okay, so this is um, AG Grid. I'm actually on our website if you wanna check this out at home or on aggrid.com. And if you go to our demo tab, you'll get exactly what we see in front. Now I'm going to make this slightly bigger. And um, a grid is, as you see here, it's got rows, it's got columns, you can scroll up and down. Um, I'm going to make this exciting. The is beautiful on AG Grid, and I
1: do not work for AG Grid. I'm saying that.
2: <laughs> well, you don't get paid a salary, <laughs> that's for sure. But you do add nice compliments to us. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put 100,000 rows into the into the grid here. Now, again, if you're to try and render 100,000 rows in your browser, it would just die straight away. Um, In AG Grid, it handles this data really, really, really easily. When the data is in, you can sort, you can filter, you can search, um, you can move columns around. But I I won't show you all the features. I'll show you just one or two cool features. and I'm going to show you row grouping. So I'm going to drag this country column. You can see there's different countries in this column. I'm going to bring it to the group section, let go. And there it's grouped those 100,000 rows inside the browser in a matter of milliseconds. So I can see here France, there's 20,898 rows underneath France and you can group by as many columns as you like so i'll bring language up and i'll drag this before country because countries fit naturally into languages and i can see here again it's grouped these almost instantly inside the browser so inside the german language i've got germany inside the english language i've got ireland and united kingdom Um, you'll notice that there is blank data at the group level because i'm not aggregating yet what i'll do is i'll drag these bunch of columns over here. These are nice juicy number columns, months of the year with with the numbers underneath each one. And then I'm gonna bring out this toolbar here where I've got all of the columns. If I click in these um, pluses, it makes the columns visible and invisible. But what I'm going to do is drag the monthly breakdown and bring it to the value section down here. And when I let go, the grid is going to aggregate. That's do a sum of all the values here and bring them up to the levels up here. And again, it's done that on the fly. And this is all fully editable. If I change one of the numbers here, you can see that the grid is updating the aggregation at the top levels as well. Now I'm gonna show you one more cool thing, um, and then I'll stop. So I'm gonna reset the demo. I'm going to hold down um, Control and or to refresh. I'm going to bring 100,000 rows into it again. And I'm now going to go into pivot mode. But before I do, I want you just to see, we've got all the languages here and all the countries as before. I've also got a column here of game names, just a a set of game names that are repeated. And I've also got this bought column, which is a Boolean column. It has um, yeses and nos for whether it's bought or not. So with that information, I'm going to go into pivot mode and I'm going to get language and I'm going to drag this up to the pivot section and let go. And it's now where we had rows with languages in it, it's now created columns with those languages. So I see here, English, French, German, Greek, et cetera. A pivoting only makes sense when you're aggregating. So I need to bring one of these values down to the value section to tell the grid that January is the value that I'm interested in. So what the grid has done is it's got all the rows with English in it. It's taken out the January value and it's aggregated. It's summed them up and it's given me this value here. So it's a bit like grouping except it does a pivot. It does it vertically so the columns become the groups rather than the rows. Just like with grouping, I can pivot by as many columns as I like. So I'll bring country up. I'll bring country before language again and I'll let go. Um, Wrong way around. Sorry, language before country because countries fit into languages. And I can see here the English group now has Ireland and the United Kingdom and the French group has Belgium, France and Luxembourg. And then I've all this extra space down here. What I'd like to do is um, extrapolate the game names. So I will drag the game name column. I'll bring it over to the left-hand side. And when I drop, it now shows all of the game names on the left. So it's mixing grouping with pivoting on the horizontal. And again, I can group by as many columns as I like. So I'll bring BOT over onto the left hand side as well. So I can see here, battleship, if I expand, I've got bought 1,471 rows. Or I know chess has two values, bought and not bought. Um, one more thing, if I drag, you'll see in the bottom right here that the aggregations are happening on the fly, a, a bit like Excel. So. Um, <laughs>
1: Because it's so fast, it's fun. This is
2: so cool. It is fun, and it's kind of weird that you, when you play with AG Grid, it, it is actually fun. I, I spend far too much time just playing with the features. No, I mean,
1: um, when you drag it, it just like especially the hundred thousand rows. It just it just responds so fast.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's just like a, a few of the cool features that we have. If, if you're interested, go to the documentation and you'll, you'll see all the features listed there. But I'm hoping that this will give people an idea. If you were to try and write something like this, it, it, it takes years. Um, but if you have data in your application and then you throw the data into AG Grid, that takes about 10 minutes for a decoder to do. And then your application is um, made very powerful with all, all of these features that come with a, with, with AG Grid.
0: Yeah. it's. I mean, it's a full-on application in itself, right? All the stuff that it does and the power that it has.
2: Exactly.
1: Is that the free version or the paid version that you just showed us?
2: Um, That there is the paid version on the demo, and it's showing a mixture of the different features uh, from both the free version and on the paid version. If you want to see the difference, um, well, the, the sorting and column moving and filtering, that's all free, but the grouping and the pivoting, that is in the paid version and uh so the best thing to do is look at the docs and we do highlight which features are sorry bunny
1: i said i would pay you for that that's pretty
2: smart. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is pretty cool it is pretty cool
1: fast but so everything but the pivoting is is in the free version all the sorting and everything
2: oh uh, yeah everything except just the grouping and the pivoting from that example
1: yeah i, I think the drag and drop was really the co- the drag and drop was cool but it, but i don't think the drag and drop was actually the cool part i think the drag and drop really highlights the speed because yes. it re-renders so fast that it's just like, wow, shut up and take my money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got a couple of things here, right? First, I want to uh, ask, uh, is the all the features that you showed, I mean, those are like dial-up features, like in terms of we can turn them on and off, so we can start with something just as basic as a regular grid with some columns and then just add the functionality that we want.
2: That's right. By, by by default, pretty much everything is turned off. And you have to turn it on bit by bit to give you full control.
0: Cool. Cool. And then I want to talk about the, the history of AG Grid. Because is it it's not Angular specific, right? It, it started mm-hmm. more JavaScript-based uh, grid. And, and I think that as we talk a little bit about the history of it, we can kind of reveal the fact of why it's so darn fast, right? Because <laughs> I, my understanding from the past and, and being aware of it is that it's kind of always started down that road of trying to be a fast performant data grid, you know. Um, and then just kind of adopted these other platforms. Can you talk about that
2: a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I was the first customer of AG Grid. And as I said earlier, I was working for one of the banks in London and we were doing a lot of applications. Every say six to 12 months, I'd start a new project and I'd be responsible for getting the stack together. And one of the questions we always had was, what data grid are we going to use for this project? And there were a few data grids at the time. Some were good. They all lacked features, So, you'd get a data grid that could do grouping and filtering, but it couldn't do column pinning, or it could do, uh, it would be really, really fast, but it lacked features. Uh, And there was no one data grid that would suit all projects. So, I wanted a data grid back then that would work with Angular. Um, that would have loads and loads of features, that'd be really fast and that worked well. It had like no bugs because there was a lot of bugs in the open source ones. Um, I couldn't find a grid. So I got really, really frustrated at Christmas at the start of 2015. So as my hobby pet project over Christmas, rather than drink beer and watch movies, I decided Hell, how hard can it be to write a data grid like this? So I, um, I did a few different prototypes. I did one using pure canvas, that's not using any frameworks at all, just a canvas-based grid. I also tried using um, SVG and D3, they didn't go very well. Um, I tried using Angular JS. Angular 2 didn't exist back then. And then I tried one in just pure JavaScript as well. And that forced me to get nitty gritty with the DOM that I really liked. I wanted to learn and I like a challenge. And what I kind of realized is that a data grid is quite a specific problem. If you think about it, Angular and React and Vue from, let's say those are the two dirty words in this show. Um, they're for writing applications and they've got loads of great features for forms and uh, URL encoding coding and data validation. But that's not the challenges that you have in a data grid. The challenges in a data grid are, are quite specific. Um, so. I kind of thought that maybe these frameworks, they they weren't the best foundation to write the data grid on. So with all of those different prototypes that I tried, the one which to me made best sense was just have a pure JavaScript implementation, have the core engine written in um, JavaScript, but then allowed framework to plug in so back then it was angular js so that meant um, have uh, allowed to allow to be able to compile your rows in angular so we could customize the cells using angular and then expose the, the grid as a directive Now it stayed like that for about six months. I moved over to typescript because um I, I understand the benefits of a strongly typed language and managing complexity is is uh, it, it's useful towards that and then uh, web components were kind of. Becoming a buzzword. Angular 2, uh, back then, which is now called Angular, was uh, going to be released soon. And I had this data grid that was mostly written in JavaScript. So the challenge was how hard would it be to extrapolate the Angular JS bits and have that as an optional piece, and then have other optional pieces for web components and for um, Angular 2. And, and that's, that's what I did. So we ended up putting up, well, it's just me, I, I put these different wrappers in place. So it would behave like a web component when you wanted it, or would behave like an Angular 2 component when you wanted it. And then we dug into the different frameworks to take components from these frameworks as well, which is something that I think Sean's gonna show in a, while, in a moment where if you are, for example, using um, Angular, uh, which is angular 2 plus and you want to customize one of the cells using your angular component, you can do that because we'll take that component and we'll interact with the angular engine and we'll render that component for you in the cell where, where you want it to go um so uh, uh, our ag grid's written on our own framework we've got our own framework written explicitly for the purpose of ag grid and that's another reason why it's lightning fast it helps us manage our complexity it has its own um, ioc container that's in version of control, its own services, and yeah, the, the whole rendering is just fine-chinned and for the data grid needs.
0: Is that um, the implementation where you're kind of wrapping it so that it runs within an Angular application, is that something that's open source or closed source? And the reason I asked about that is like, I think that's a level where, where a lot of people could learn from like, Taking just a JavaScript library, or even if they think about, but just like the same approach that you did, where you think about, I got to write some code to do something and I need to do that in my Angular app. Maybe I should think about writing it as like pure JavaScript and then wrapping it so it runs within Angular. So then I could reuse that same guts of it in some other application, some other place. But I think that maybe not a whole lot of information in terms of around what we need to do as Angular architects to kind of encapsulate some other javascript code to run in our angular apps
2: right yeah absolutely and and i i agree um like other frameworks do exist and you probably work in a company that is using other frameworks and one thing which banks love us for is the way we work across those frameworks so banks they have um angular fanatics they have react fanatics they have to support all the different frameworks. It's impossible to standardize on one, but they can standardize on the data grid, and they absolutely love that. So, yeah, I'd ad- advocate other people to consider this. If you're trying to create a reusable component, then having it in pure JavaScript with the integration points like we have makes sense. Um, all of AG Grid is open source. So, we've got two versions, as, as we were saying there is the community version and there's the enterprise version. Um, the community is open source, comes with an MIT license. The enterprise one, the source code is open. So although it's not free to use, you're, you're free to browse all of the source code. And the bits that we're particularly interested in here, how we integrate with the frameworks, that's all part of the community version anyway. Um, so if anybody wants to see it, go to our GitHub project and go into, um, we have um, modules and there is a, a module for, for Angular. And you can see there exactly how we integrate with the Angular framework.
0: That is very cool. Thank you for doing that. And I think it, people should explore that because I bet that's pretty fascinating to look at that code and kind of get ideas for how to implement our own sort of stuff in, in a wrapper sort mm-hmm. of stuff,
2: right? Yeah, and I shouldn't really steal the thunder. This is all Sean's work. He's the expert at uh, integrating with the different libraries.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, do you want to uh, demo a show, like how we might use this in an Angular app? Do you have some code you want to show for that?
2: Yeah, yeah sure. Sean, do you want to go? Yeah, so I've got
3: a very small app, a very more small demo compared to what Niall just demonstrated. But the idea was just to demonstrate how you would use, customize the grid with Angular components. And um, I think Nile slightly undersold that there because just about everything that you see in the grid um, can be customized with our components. Uh, the tool panels, the sidebars, the um, columns, red renderers, editors, just about everything. But the whole philosophy of the grid is component-based. We use that, internally we use that philosophy internally uh, but consequently a side effect of us using that internally is that we get to expose that to you to everyone you know if you want to customize a uh, filter and you want to have a you know a d3 diagram or whatever um, you can customize the components so i'll just give you a really small um, demonstration of that uh for a very simple can you see my screen yes okay uh, there we go. So I've got a very simple um, application here because uh, I've gone full screen. the uh, hasn't auto-resized. Let me just refresh that. Um, and um, it's got some uh, simple uh, Olympic data with the rows um, showing the medal winners, the sports, and the medals. But let's see if we can improve that a little bit and give some sort of a visual feedback or visual uh, representation there instead. Um, so this is our app. Um, it's a very simple app. So we break it. I'll be brief on this side of things. We have two. Few... Sorry, Bonnie.
1: All right. Can you make the text any bigger for us? We have some people who watch on mobile, and uh, the bigger the better. Uh, four. Uh, and I need to Make sure your volume, because there's some people in chat that said, are uh, they're a little hard, having a hard time hearing
3: you? Okay, I'll try. I'll talk a bit louder as well. Um, mm. Is that better? Yes, that's perfect. Okay. So these, these two basic things that the grid. Um, just going back to your point uh, earlier, Justin, about what you need to provide. Um, really, there's two main things you need to provide to the grid, and that's the row data and the column definitions. Um, column definitions can be as simple as just saying the field that you want. will provide the header name as a, a uppercase um, or camel uppercase uh, name header name. Um, in this particular example, I'm grouping the data, but we won't go into that too much. Um, I've got a little renderer that I've created earlier. And what it's going to do is the for each renderer we create, we pass in the the grid passes in the value of the cell as long as as well as the API and that sort of thing. So we extract the value of the cell, and in this case we're going to use the renderer in the uh, for the medal. So the value is going to be uh, the medal count, um, and we're going to render a number of emojis uh, star emojis based on the value. So instead of having a number, we should have uh one two three four stars depending depending on how many medals someone won so just go back to this it's a pretty simple uh for demonstration purposes um by and large um there's very little overhead or very little grid um in uh, information imposed on you when you're doing uh, angular components or react or anything else um, but the one we do need you to uh implement for uh renderers is ag init and this just enables us, once we've instantiated your components, is to provide you the value of the cell so that you can do something with it. Uh, but other than that, everything and anything else that you want to do with an Angular component and the Angular life cycles and the Angular uh, goodness will work out the box. So, so we're going to pull out the value.
0: Can I ask a question real quick on yeah, this? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So you've got a... a Angular component, custom component that you've written that doesn't extend from any base class or anything from AG Grid. It's simply implementing a method that I'm assuming AG Grid knows to look to call on your component.
3: That's exactly uh, right. Yeah,
0: I really like that that interface that that usage. That's that's pretty slick because um, we don't have this inheritance type of chaining and calling super on the constructor and that sort of thing. We get this nice interaction with the library without really having to write something different, like you mentioned, right? With just pure kind of Angular component. Right. that's right
3: i mean there's an interface you can extend uh, it, i haven't for simplicity's sake but you're right you don't have to extend any base functionality um so for the renderer that's ag and uh for example if you're going to do an editor there's some specific lifecycle hook uh um, grid events that you need to look for um same thing with filters but we keep it to the bare minimum um so that 90 percent of your components whatever it may be uh, a renderer editor and is uh, we get it. We're trying to get out the way uh, of you when you're doing uh, whatever you're doing with Angular or React or whatever thing. Uh, we try to get out the way and uh, keep it to the bare minimum, um, as you say. So yeah, we would we would never make you extend the class. So um, so so that's that's the component side of things. So we've got the component. We've added it to add module, which I won't show you because that's pretty standard. Um, but there's two things we need to do here, and it's pretty simple, um, a lot of which I'm scrolling over. I'm not going to focus on this because it's just um, for our demo, just to have the sidebar uh, grouping enabled and that sort of thing. Um, none of this is complicated, but um, it's, not, it's not relevant for the demo that we're demoing here. Um, so we need to tell the grid about the framework components you want to supply. Um, so in this case, we've got two components. We've got a renderer, which is what I'll demonstrate first. And optionally, if we've got time, I've got an editor as well. Um, so we add this to the framework components. We tell the grid, we want you to know about these components. We'll reference them by uh, the name, star star renderer, or numeric editor, and uh, provide them as is. And then it's as easy as providing the renderer by the, the name you gave it uh, in the column definition. So here, we're going to tell the grid that for the value columns, uh, bronze, silver, gold, total, and, and so on, use the star renderer. Does that make sense so far?
0: Yeah, makes sense.
3: So if we go look at our zip, Yay! I'm always I'm always a little worried when I tab over to my screen that it's, you know it's, it's not going to work. But um, so there you go. I mean, we've got a really simple renderer here. Um, it's uh, if there's no bad values, obviously it's a blank cell. Um, but we've swapped out instead of a raw value. Um, with I don't know maybe ten lines of code between the uh, templates and the actual component. Um, you've got a simple renderer here. Um, so that that's the simplest type of component you can get, which is a um a uh, renderer um, would you like me to go a little bit further with an editor
0: yeah that would be cool but okay. i really like the fact that like we're kind of we're working in the paradigm of components here to make these renderers rather than say ng template or something within a template of a specific component um, to me it feels really nice that i can work with an isolated component and have its own styling its own template its own backing logic that's just for that particular chunk of data that we're displaying right
3: yeah that's deliberate i mean that was also like Niall saying with performance was iterative the same thing is true of the framework support um you know along the along the way i've tried a variety of things along the way but but this solution in my opinion is easier to test easier to isolate um it's easier to uh reason about um so yeah i mean yeah as you say i agree <laughs> um so if we if we look at um, i'm gonna look at an editor now so we've Got a fairly passive renderer there. Um, by default, I've got a editor here that um, well, enables an editor. So the problem with this is that we haven't done anything special. But out the box, you can enter anything. Then, obviously, an age that's invalid. So let's uh, let's see if we can improve that and create an editor that is a uh, numeric only, or only enables enables um, you to type numeric letters. In this case, I probably won't dig too deeply in the actual. Um, the uh, numeric code, I can share the code later if you'd like, Justin. Uh, but in essence, we're gonna output an input. Um, and when someone types in there, um, reject uh, the uh, the character input if it's not a numeric character. So it looks like there's a lot of code going on here, but, but really um, the the some uh, uh, framework, sorry, grid-specific um, methods, ag init, get value, and so on. Um, but in essence, we're just looking that um, whenever someone types something, we reject a character if it's not numeric. Um, if we then go back to the app component again, um, as before, we've declared this component, the numeric editor, and as before, to use it to close the loop, we simply tell the grid for this column, for I want to use this editor, um, which which I specified earlier. If we save that. And we go look here. Now, in hindsight, this is actually a terrible demo because you can't actually see what I'm typing. Um, but when I type anything that's not numeric here, you can see that it's a it's an input which is a little bit uh, looks a bit different. But you can't type any numeric um, any non-numeric characters now. Um, in hindsight, perhaps another <laughs> sort of editor would have been useful. But hopefully, that demonstrates how easy it is to add components to the grid. Um, And as I said earlier, you can customize just about everything in here, the the filters here, which we provide out the box here, I don't have a filter there, but um, the filter can be customized with Angular components, the header components, renderers, these uh, side panels can be um, customized um, with components, just about everything can be customized with components. You don't have to, Um, most of what you see, like with Niles Demo, didn't use components. But if you want to, you can use Angular components and get the full benefits of an Angular lifecycle um, for very little effort.
0: That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. I think so. Uh, two Okay, two questions. I'm going to throw them both out, out of here just to make sure I, I got them in here. Uh, theming of it, like can we theme it with CSS, the overall look? And then uh, how does it work in terms of when we work with form data, right? In terms of template driven forms or reactive forms in
3: Angular? Okay, so I will I will answer the uh, form data first, um, and then I'll maybe let Nile. Do you want to talk about themes, or do you want me to talk about that? I can talk about them. Okay, so I'll answer the second question first. Um, so um, I've written actually uh, a blog on this, on how you can um, integrate um, the forms or have a form and have the grid data within it. Um, so the the short answer is, um, and I will provide the link afterwards, um, uh, Justin is that I've written a fairly detailed blog post on how you do it. Um, It's fairly simple, really. Um, There's a few little things you need to do. Um, And the one little gotcha um, that you need to watch out for is that if you've got a large amount of grid data, um, we virtualize the rows and columns. Um, And what that means is, like in Niles' demonstration, if you've got 100,000 rows, we couldn't possibly render that much information without serious performance degradation or worse. Um, So we only render what you see, um, generally, and maybe it's a little bit before, a little bit after, and you can customize that. Um, but the the trick, the one little gotcha with uh, form data is that if you've got a truly large amount of data, um, the form won't be aware of it. there might be some few uh, more extra loops and uh, jump uh, hoops you need to jump through. But assuming you've got a normal type of um, data set that's easily renderable, um, that, that's maybe you know something that's visible on the screen. Um, the blog post goes into how you uh, loop that together and tie that together with form data, and it works pretty well out the box. Um, But I'll provide that link afterwards, Justin.
0: Perfect, awesome.
2: Right, for the themes, a picture shows a thousand words, so I'm gonna steal the screen share. And if you can see my screen, guys?
0: Yep, sure thing. Cool,
2: right, so um, this is what we call the Balam theme and I'm going to change it to the Balam dark theme and now everything has gone dark. I can go into a material theme and now it all changes again. Or I can turn the themes off and say no theme at all. So what's happening here is it's changing the CSS. Um, AG Grid comes with a bunch of themes out of the box that you can choose from, but you can also create your own themes. And if you're creating your own themes, you have two choices. You can completely start from scratch or you can extend one of our themes by a bunch of SAS variables. So, if you want to create your own theme, I'd recommend you use one of ours and then go to our documentation. And you see here there's a, a theme section. And we've got all the SAS variables explained down here in a, in a table. And that's themes.
0: And is it just SAS? And um, so, would we need to be implement? Well, obviously, we want to implement SAS. We want to use the variables and stuff like that, right? If
2: you want to use the SAS variables, then yes, you need to use SAS. Um, however, it is CSS at the end of the day. So if you just want to change the color of a specific cell or, or, or something, then um, you can just provide the CSS. Um, but, but that's um themes. That's when you want to change the overall look and feel. Uh, then there's another similar question, which is what if you want to customize one individual cell? What if you want to say all cells, like in the demo here, if you want to say all cells that are above a certain value will get this green background and below another value will get a red background. And that's where we have this thing called um, CSS class rules where you provide an expression, which is just a piece of maths. And if that uh, returns as true, then your CSS class gets applied. And if it doesn't, then, then it doesn't. So it allows you to ad hoc add CSS classes to each individual cell based on the cell content.
0: So that sounds like that'd be a good scenario where let's say we didn't want to build a component for the display of that cell, but we do want to apply some CSS styling. You have a clean way we could do that without the overhead of building our own component,
2: right? Exactly, yeah. Um, and There's another reason, another similar thing as well, which is formatting of the data. So we can add your own CSS classes and you can also format the data as well. So here we, we don't have any components uh, in, in the monthly figures here, but yet we have it formatted in dollar values and in commas and we got the background colors changed.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. You know, it's a good example of there's just so many things that go into a, a data grid, right? That you got to cover and scenarios and all this stuff. I and mean, we just touched a little bit on some stuff and you can already kind of sit back and digest it and go, man, like there's a lot of stuff it has to do. This application this data grid application has to do to maintain all of these combos and scenarios. So it's exactly really, it does that all. Yeah. Oh, Very cool. Very cool. All right. Um, so what uh, we talked a little bit about the grid and the solutions and stuff that it provides what uh, what's next in the pipeline? You got anything
2: <laughs> That's a very interesting question. And about six months ago, I was wondering the exact same thing because we've got a brilliant team. The grid's done really well. It's done all the things that people expect a grid to do. So we had some conferences last year. We had a AG Grid Conf in New York and we had an AG Grid Conf in London around November, December time. And we asked our room of um, AG Grid users, about 150 people at each of the conferences, what would you like to see in AG Grid? And one thing that everybody seemed to agree on was charting. Um, and to me, I was wondering why? There's loads of charting libraries out there. Why do you want another charting library? And the answer was, we want a charting library that works out of the box and is integrated with a data grid. So wouldn't it be cool if you could just select a range of cells in the grid, right click and choose chart, just like Excel. It developer- It would so cool. <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> wait, wait hold, hold on a second,
0: hold on a second. Because this is not like, well, let's just add another feature like splitting columns, right? This is like adding another app, which is charting just like data grid is an, an app, right?
2: Yeah, it's a huge challenge. It's, like, it's almost like a pivot. It's like, it's like it, is, it is another app. But yeah, there's this synergy, this brilliant synergy between the two, where if you present the two of them together and they work together out of the box, then that's actually nobody's done that before. Like you've got companies and they'll have a, a grid library and they'll have a charting library. But if you want those to work with each other, you've got to write a lot of code. Um, So we decided, yeah, that sounds like a a good challenge. Let's try and do that. So we started to try and build a team. Uh, We got this guy called Atali. He used to work for one of our competitors. He ran their Charting Library team. He came over to us around December time. And he's been really, really, really busy uh, working on our own Charting Library. And we've been really, really busy working on the integration. Two weeks ago, we had our first release and I can show to you now. So would you like to see it? Yes. Yes, please. Hell yeah. Okay, let me um, let me just grab the screen again. So can you see my screen? Yes. Cool. Okay, so this again is aggrid.com and we're on the demo page so you can try this at home. And I'm going to select a range of cells. I'm going to right click and I'm going to choose chart range. And I'm going to pick from one of these five chart types that we have. When I click on it, the chart just pops up and if you want to do this in your application all you need to do is set one attribute which is enable charts to true and then the grid will expose all of this charting functionality without you having to write any kind of charting code so in the background here uh, you can see that the range is still selected i can drag the range and watch the chart the chart is updating on the fly as the range is covering more or less data now I've also got no um, axis on the bottom. It just says one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's because I haven't picked any, uh, um, any column to put on the bottom yet. If I just drag the monthly breakdown over and scroll this over to the left so I can see these nice juicy um, columns here that would be suitable. If I go into the chart settings over here, I'll just bring this up. I can choose language, country, game name, bot. That's pretty cool, I like that i'll leave it on game name nope i'll leave it on on country um, as well as that you might have seen the different chart types let me make the chart a bit bigger so we support all of these chart types right now uh, we've got bar charts uh, stacked bar charts line charts pie charts they're called donut charts which is like a pie chart inside a pie chart inside a pie chart and um also different palettes so let me put it back to the standard bar chart, and I can choose the, the different colors um, that we can choose. So how we envisage people using this is, um, let, me, let me close this down actually, and just give you a proper use case. So just say, I want to show the top five countries for Jan. So the first thing I'll do is group by country. I'll bring Jan over to the left-hand side. I'll aggregate by Jan. I'll bring the top five, one, two, three, four, five. Right-click, bring it to a bar chart, And there I do see five countries, but not the top five because I haven't sorted yet. So watch what happens when I click on the sort column, the chart changes.
1: Okay, so how much extra code do we need to write to get that functionality?
2: One, it's just a property. All you need to do is set enabled charts in your grid configuration, and all of this just gets enabled out of the box for free.
1: That's so cool. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you know what it is and I don't have to fake that this is brilliant if I had this when I was a developer back in RBS if, right. um, oh, sorry I mean in a bank in London um, and if they were to ask you okay that's a great application we love the grid we love the features but, but can you add charting and you would normally go charting that's going to take another six months to get charting into our app um, but now it's, it, it just behaves it's just like a switch you turn it on and it behaves like excel so your, your users that know how to do charts in Excel will be able to do charts um, directly from inside your application using AG Grid.
1: Ronan wants to know if you can export it to Excel.
2: Um, yes, uh, there's two kind of different types of exports here. One is exporting the, 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 the chart. So I've got an export button here and that'll download the chart as a PNG or this is all canvas based by the way that's one of the reasons why our charts are really fast as we go with canvases and canvases are images so i can right click here and choose copy image and put it into the clipboard so that's where you would then bring it into an email or bring it into powerpoint or you could bring it into excel but that would be as a um, image what you would probably want to do is um, get your lowest level data I'm sorry, I want to say your lowest level. I mean, is take off your grouping and just do an export. So here I can choose export, export in XSLX, bring it down, click, and it'll open up in Excel. And then you would have to create the chart again in Excel, but that kind of makes sense. If you go into Excel, then you bring the data in, and then you start doing your, your charting inside of here.
0: Okay so I got another question for you on the chart stuff but first I want to be clear that, like this is amazing right this is a full blown app really getting an app on side of this data grid app so it's really killer I love it um, but I do want to ask can we customize like the chart the um, chart columns or things like that like same kind of way we build the components for the, the grid or not yet or... Uh, not yet,
2: but we are working on it. So what we've done is uh, we've provided in our first release what we call the MVP, Minimal Viable Product, because we wanna get feedback. We wanna see what the how we should drive, what direction we wanna go in. Um, so there's just two things you touched on. One is customizing the charts as you see them um, in, inside the grid. So if you were to show the chart, you want your app to then decide how much padding goes in somewhere, or do you want this legend to be on the right or at the bottom or on the left? Um, You can actually do that today in the code, I just don't have this example here, where your application does get to fine tune what goes inside the chart. We're also working right now on another panel in here, which will allow the user to um, make these small changes to to the chart inside the app as well so we we are going down that direction. Uh, We don't see Angular components inside here because um, Angular components don't naturally fit with charting because charting are canvas-based things. So you wouldn't normally use HTML to um, change how a chart looks, Uh, but we do have two tooltips. You will be able to write tooltips using Angular. But then there's another question, which is, will I be able to use this charting library outside of AG Grid? And the answer to that is yes, that's definitely what we want to do. So, right now, we're, you could say, incubating the chart library using AG Grid as the only consumer. And AG Grid is a very heavyweight consumer. It's going to really stretch this Charity and Library. But when we're ready and we think that the interface of the Charity and Library has stabilized, then our plan is to release it as a standalone library. Uh, and that's really important So uh, because people will want to use what I'm showing you right here which is use the charts inside the grid but then if you need to have a chart someplace else in your app that's not associated with a grid you don't want to have a separate charting library for that and um, it definitely not that uh, you don't want it looking different as well um so it, what we want to do is provide this one package of a grid and a chart and allow the integration to work out of a box but then also give the the charting as a library itself you can use in your app someplace else
0: well, you mentioned that that was a minimal viable product, and that's one hell of a minimal viable product.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a production-ready minimal viable product.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. I wonder how, uh, with Ivy coming out for Angular and stuff like that, if there's a potential for swapping the renderer out and rendering on Canvas from a component, you know, so that potentially you could be writing Angular components for the charting bits, right?
2: Um, I don't know, um, because I'm not expert on Ivy. Sean, do you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's absolutely theoretically possible. Um, I mean, Ivy introduces a whole bunch of cool things we can do, but um, I, yeah, it's, it's theoretically possible. Um, but as Niall says, it's, this is still, um, I mean, it's amazing how much functionality we've got in the time that he's written it, but, uh, well, they the team's written it, sorry. Um, but in, in future, yeah, by the end of the year, yeah, who knows? Um, if this is only half the year in, by the end of the year, it's gonna be even more awesome.
2: Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm looking forward, like, uh, unlike the grid where it was myself at the start uh, this, we, we've got a team now, there are just five people working full time uh, on uh, just the, the core dev team in AG grid, and just seeing what the other guys are being able to work on, especially the charting, it's just, it's it, it seriously, it's really, really exciting to see it all come together.
1: I think this is maybe the first time that I've been sad at the end of a demo, because it's like closing a really good book. It's like, wow, I don't want that, but it's like the last page of a really good book and I don't want to do it because that was so cool. Well,
2: what you'll have to do is wait for the sequel.
1: (laughs) I want, like, I don't even know, Niall, what could you even do that would be as cool as that? Like, I don't even know how you could even, that's like a mic drop moment. How could you possibly build something as cool as this? What are you gonna do after this with yourself, Niall? (laughs) 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 It's just,
0: Really is that, you know, you do another conference and then you listen to your users and they tell you what features that they want and then you go and implement So I think the. Path exactly. Is we like,
1: need to find a new way to challenge this team because, like, it's just too easy. Like, they, we need to m- make up something impossible for them to work on.
2: Yeah. Well, that, that, would, that would be good because we're going to get bored in about six or eight months once we have all this charting stuff done. Um, so, yeah, we'll need something more interesting. Let us know. You're too, you're
0: <laughs> How would that work on my old Nokia flip phone? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it would work. It would work absolutely fine because that's one of the beauties of Canvas. Canvas doesn't have those, um, you know, differences against the different platforms. Uh, so yeah, it probably would work on your Nokia flip phone. you
1: like <laughs> what was that old browser, like, like a Netscape Navigator. Can you make it work in Netscape Navigator, Nile? Because you just need something harder to do with. Your uh, phone
2: now hold on there's also um things with usefulness <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think i'm forward thinking
1: I, i'm really i just cannot tell you how impressed i am with you hey sean did you ever find those viking picks by the way i'm just i'm just trying one more time i haven't forgotten i really want to see them no no
3: okay, okay. I, I'll, sorry i i promise i'll i'll find them for next time i think did you tweet them no i i forgot um we went straight out of the conference straight to the plane. I forgot, but they are awesome pictures. They were they were great. It was a great conference.
0: I want to see them. Send them to me
1: if you don't tweet them. I will.
0: Nice, nice. All right. Any last things that we want to say about AG Grid or anything like that? Anything that you want to plug um, and then we'll get to picks and then we'll kind of wrap it up.
2: Um, well, I think in terms of um, things to say or plug, I, I think we've we've kind of given the intro. This has been a an, just an amazing journey for me and then with the team as well. Um, like there, there, there was a problem, and w- I wasn't expecting AG Grid to turn into the way it did. Uh, I was just solving a problem for myself, and then I was um, fortunate to have released it as open source because that meant then other people could use it. And then I realized, hold on, there's a big problem here. It's not just myself that that's um, on this. And um, I guess to the people who are listening, who are users of AG Grid, I just like to say thank you. Uh, because this this would not be a project without our, our users in our community and the people who say nice things about us and the people who convince their companies to actually pay money for the enterprise because that that pays our salaries. This is a full-time job, full-time gig for us guys. And it's the, the best job I've ever had. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been great.
1: You know how we say standing on the shoulders of giants in the Angular community? You're one sure. of our clients, Niall.
2: Oh shucks, <laughs> that's very fortunate of you. I'd like no, I'd, I I'm I'm just a guy who <laughs> wrote a grid, um, but uh, it's um, it's very uh, nice to be for you to think of us like that. So thank you very much. But we're we're just guys doing our thing.
1: You're really good at it. You did a good job. And
0: so You're we'll I'll include the links and stuff. I'll put those in the description for the video. But can you uh tell everybody where they need to go, what domain URL they need to go to get. Sure.
2: Um, AG grid, well, grid.com. And everything's on there. Or if you can't remember the, the domain, just Google AG grid. We'll be the first search result.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we're at the top of the hour. So let's get some picks in if anybody has any picks. Uh, Bonnie, one, you have a pick?
1: I have two picks. Uh, I mean, I'm going to pick again Angular Denver because I'm getting really excited about Angular Denver and it's coming up very quickly. And uh, We're all going to be headed up there in just a few weeks. I think uh, four or five weeks. Uh, Everybody's going to Denver. So meet us there, you guys, because it's beautiful. The Rocky Mountains in August are amazing. Um, And my other pick, which you guys already know about, but I'm just reminding you, Basil. Basil is coming. The cool kids have been talking about it for a while, and it's been kind of in beta, and it wasn't ready, but it's getting really close to ready, and I think it's going to be very cool, and I think it's going to be the next big thing coming, like very quickly and i'm also by the way talking about basil in denver so join us in denver yeah that's awesome. exactly my picks basil and, and
0: denver two good picks two good picks anybody else have anything that they want to pick or plug or mention before we wrap it up i don't <laughs> okay cool all right well that sounds great um so niall sean thanks so much for uh sharing your time coming on talking to us about this stuff showing the stuff we really appreciate it thank you
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Thanks, Justin, and thanks, Bunny.
0: Thank you. All right, check out AG Grid, and we will catch everybody next time. See ya. Bye.